0: what is living in lockdown like as the world tries to make sense of the coronavirus and south africa's knee-deep in a government-initiated lockdown we'll be hearing from different voices what they're up to and how they're handling living in the lockdown if there's one thing we need more of in these times it's laughter and thank god for nina hasty because she's been able to bring tons of that during the lockdown she's here for the latest episode of living in lockdown nina hasty how are you
1: ah good thanks in yourself gareth it's really nice to hear your voice and see your face you're one of my my favorites
0: (laughs) yeah I've, I've missed you, but then I have been watching your stuff on social media, which has made me laugh quite a lot. Oh, it's good. it's a time, though, where really talented and, and funny people are having to exercise all the muscles that they might not have in better times. And you also see how shallow so many other people are who are not funny or interesting during these times, and they have zero to contribute, right?
1: Yeah, but uh, there's quite a distinction. A friend of mine was like, oh, the influencers are coming for our comedy. I was like, oh. <laughs> you- Are you joking? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, I think there's one thing you can feel safe about is that uh, we have this craft that, like, at least has this opportunity to kind of uh, present itself. And we're being accountable. Like, okay, so let me just uh, finish that thought and then I'll I'll finish. So, like, what the fuck? I mean, I want to use a name, but okay, I'm not going to. But what like what is somebody who is a professional pretty person going to contribute to society from like a gee, let me challenge the status quo, offer like, you know, some insights into something. Come on. Yeah,
0: during lockdown those people are about as useful as the the cigarettes that are that are locked up behind the counter that you can't get to.
1: Absolutely. I'm so glad like I don't have any of those cucky vices anymore because I feel like I've been prepped for this like uh, lockdown for the last six years. You know, basically just like learning how to be comfortable with myself, not needing anything outside of you know, just my work and, like, genuine stimulation reading. Um, oh, look
0: at you. You're so perfect.
1: Oh, no, I'm a complete <laughs> dickhead these days. That's what's amazing. Like, I've, I finally I – actually, I was like, shit, I've been wanting to have this conversation with Gareth for so long. You know that I worked for that that television show where, where I wasn't allowed to um, assert any of my own original content or yeah. create and I had to just read the, the auto cue that was written by a wet tea bag, you know, and mm. like, um, <laughs> and everybody thought that that was my personality. But I had to kind of, uh, you know, I had to also just sell my soul a little bit, you know. The the debut album has to be a pop album before you can do the real, the heavy shit, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and also you you were you needed to be on TV a little bit more, and you sometimes need to toe the line. I mean, I've I've done some mainstream stuff that I'm not particularly proud of in retrospect, but it gives you the space later on to to do you now let's just talk about these vices for a second because Mm. you know governments put this ban on on liquor and and alcohol i mean uh cigarette sales and for some people it's a terrible idea others say it's a good idea you just said you don't have these vices anymore so you're pleased that you were a little bit more prepped than most people Mm. but i mean for some it's like survival right
1: you know um i sound like a broken record you know the legacies of apartheid uh Guys, the legacies of apartheid. Like, what, like, what, what more of a of a of an illustration of a of a spotlight do you need to be put onto the country that there's like a a massive wound that uh, people have not like been. God, I sound like those crystal wielding people, but there's like a massive. there's a there's a massive wound that a lot of people haven't been able to address absent fathers absent mothers an entire generation of people that were uh whose mothers were raising white people instead you know so
0: um pumi was saying on my show the other day she used a brilliant metaphor she said a lot of people are going to realize during lockdown that alcohol doesn't drown your problems because those problems can swim
1: fuck that's good
0: yeah and, Ugh, and and I, I know what you're talking about, but obviously, you know, and, and the worst thing about this is I see the police like getting extra brutal in the townships as usual. Yeah. And, and and this is going to bring up a whole lot of PTSD for a lot of people who uh, can still remember those days. And, and then you see this and then their housewives, obviously in Bryanston and so on, who are also like slaves to the Chardonnay, you know, they're also having a tough time. <laughs>
1: Xanor, babes. Are you joking? Like, you know, they can't cope without, like, a bit of an oxy. And, um, like, the, the thing is, there's, there's a lot of people who are dependent on coping mechanisms because, you know what, in this day and age, it's really easy to hide behind stuff. There's The quick fixes are super-duper available. And to actually do the, the work is not only a full-time gig – like to actually face your stuff, it's a super, it's a privilege. You know, a couple of years ago, um, I'm, I'm sure you'll remember who the Minister of uh, Social Development was. Very uh, proactive Minister. <laughs> um, uh, I had a meeting with a couple of people and, and artists, and I said, "Can we please go into the townships and, as a project of social development, facilitate?" Programs, maybe even if it's just using a building a scout hall or a whatever a scout hall uh, a, a hall where you know there's there's a space for people to deal with their alcohol problems because mm. there is no coping mechanism there's no um like therapy. It's also there's so much stigma around it in, in black communities. You know, if you like start, first of all, that the patriarchy, the the witchcraft of it, people don't think that mental health issues are even a real thing. So how do you start even addressing something that you don't even believe is real?
0: Yeah, but was this Zola Squia, by the way?
1: No, it was Batabile Dlamini.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, well, you didn't have any purchase there, did you? I
1: didn't didn't stand a chance.
0: Um, But Nina, this is a good point that you raise. And obviously in South Africa, we have this unhealthy relationship with with alcohol and with cigarettes and with domestic violence and with the family units and all kinds of things that are massively problematic, not to mention the the social and political ills that we deal with, um, you know, inequality and all the rest of it. But a lot of people are finding a way to cope. And I think people who have mental illness are probably taking this the hardest,
1: I mean, yeah, absolutely. The the problem is, it's so insidious, you know. Um, you Even somebody like me, who's been tackling mental illness for 20 years, you know, uh, there was, you know, I was aware of it, I was diagnosed very young, and then I didn't adhere to any of the coping mechanisms the medication staying off alcohol that kind of thing but I've had a 20 year journey of grappling with this thing and even with all the therapy all the medication all the support and when I'm having an episode sometimes it takes like a day to realize oh shit this is what's happening mm. like I, it's so difficult to recognize and you start become a becoming abusive i'm like really shitty like my mom is like my punching bag to a large extent i become really shitty to her i think everybody's like plotting against me i become very paranoid and i I, I cause i cause havoc in the people around me and i want them to feel the pain that i'm feeling so i'm i'm very nasty and uh very shitty and i'm also like if i was a man i would generally i probably would be a a, uh an abuser I'm sure be an abuser. I know that sounds terrible. Well,
0: well, no, that's a hell of a, a realization to have.
1: But it, I'm a, I'm an emotional abuser. I've actually been all my uh, love relationships um, eventually got physical, uh, Gareth, because uh, you know, and uh, this is a very unpopular opinion, but you know, I made him hit me. Yes, yes, I did uh, because I wanted to fight with people and like um, because that pain and that suffering and that world was is something that. When you're in it, it's like you need to feed it or whatever. It's, like, very difficult to articulate. You maybe uh, feel
0: like the the, the the lead in a soap opera that, that all revolves around you.
1: Oh, 1,000%. 1, 1,000%. 1, everything's about you. No, Even, no. like, yesterday I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who's seeing someone now, and she was, like, uh, talking about the a project that we work on together that she had posted on the social media. And... He said, yes, he knew, this guy said he knew me from her work. And I said, oh, does he hate me? And she's like, what are, what are you talking about? Like, I'd, that sentence had nothing to do with you. Like, so, like, I find, <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean that sentence had nothing to do with me? Everything has something to do with me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> narcissism. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mega narcissism and paranoia and they all kind of feed into each other. I mean, I'm I'm trying to fit, like, 20 years of insights into like a 15-minute conversation. I don't know if I'm being clear enough.
0: Um, Yeah, you're making a lot of sense. And I know that you've, you know, with with, when I talk to you about these things, because you are hilariously funny and you deflect often with being funny, um, but I know you've been through a lot and, and that you're figuring yourself out, which is more than I can say for some people who just refuse to deal with it. They block it out with whatever those things are we discussed just now. Um, are you in some kind of a routine while you're in lockdown or do you just do what you want?
1: No, no, I'm definitely in a routine. Um, and then I also, within that routine, I allow myself, like the other night I was like, okay, so the the I need a break because I've been putting out... S- content every single day so I've got a little contract with um, the Gauteng Department of Arts and Culture uh thankfully to give me a nominal fee for releasing a video every day which is fantastic so because um, what it created was forcing me to be um accountable to delivering some content every day flexing that muscle and then um also, just the enjoyment of it. I'm just like, I'm loving it so much. Gareth, I haven't been doing stand-up regularly in a very long time. I'm doing a lot of acting jobs and things like that. So that routine of having to deliver that by a certain time has helped me. But that meant I was also working on Saturday, Sunday, public yeah. holidays and things Every like day. that. Every day, sure. Every day. And you do need a little bit of respite. So from what your- do
0: you what do you do for a break?
1: I watch, <laughs> I watch Rick and Morty.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> but that's like food for the soul forget maya angelou and ian avansand i'm like rick and morty thank you very much
1: Absolutely. (laughs) nothing like a bit of like intergalactic like behavior you know like and and that's the thing he's like this alcoholic that like terrorizes the universe it's fantastic
0: (laughs) (sighs) and you're you're locked up with a deaf cat is that your only company
1: um, yes, it's, it's so great as a narcissist. I mean, there's no one to argue with me. I'm really so comfortable. It's really just fantastic. Um, <laughs> cause everyone keeps checking in on me. They're like, are you okay by yourself? I'm like, yes, stop fucking checking on me. Leave me alone. I'm really not interested in your own projection of your own anxiety onto me. I'm like, I'm really good. If Nina, I need-
0: they might genuinely be interested in your well-being. for God's sake. Don't be such a bitch. <laughs> Uh, How's your good. cat? What's your cat's name?
1: Oh, so there's two cats. There's oh. a black one who does have hearing. Uh, she's gorgeous. Do you want to see them? Mm. <laughs> the black one is called Naomi Campbell, and the white one is Claudia Schiffer.
0: Duh. <laughs> <laughs> and the white one's deaf.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh Jesus. Exactly. So it's great. Um, and they're very cute, and they keep me company. It's nice to also care for. Did you ever watch that Sandra Bullock movie? It's like a rom-com called Twenty Eight Days Later, and she she's this alcoholic that goes into a program, and then they make her look after a pot plant, and it it seems so ridiculous, but you do kind of have to look out, look after something else outside of you, even if it is a pot plant or a cat, you know.
0: Are you are you bored at any stage?
1: Never. How okay. could you be bored? Harvard are offering free courses. Uh, okay. I'm I'm like there's a piano to play. There's um like and things to listen to, stimulate yourself with. I mean, never. And, and these
0: characters, like when we started talking before uh, I pressed record, I, I said to you that I love Mrs. Smythe.
1: Yes. Uh, so Mrs. Smythe is a, a, a very waspy old woman, you know, because I feel like everyone always does these, like, kugel characters, which yeah. is a so, so niche and it's very passé. But no one ever talks about, like, the – this the, the plain white old South African woman who, you know, so I'm, I, actually that's what I'm going to do today. That, thank you. You just stimulated me. So I, I bought this apartment, not the one I'm staying in because I haven't moved into the apartment that I bought yet because it needs renovation. Um, but uh, when I bought it, there was this uh, estate agent and he said, you know, there's this parquet underneath this flooring, and um, you know, you just you're gonna rip up the carpet. Actually, what you you should do is you should just get some African gentlemen to rip up the carpets.
0: <laughs>
1: I was like, oh, okay, so when you say something like that, African gentlemen. So the word
0: gentleman,
1: not being racist. Okay, that's great. So there's like this this subtle entitlement, the subtle racism that is like, um, uh swathed in like uh, uh, pleasantries that make people think that they're not um, being racist, which is for me, one of my, my favorite uh, tropes.
0: And this Mrs. Smythe does that, like in the clip that you, that I saw, she goes, charity, that's the maid, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She hides things from me.
1: <laughs>
0: like, like charity's whole business every day is to hide something from the madam. <laughs>
1: like she's here to fuck with you <laughs> like it's a giant plot against her you know everything the whole system is a plot against her that could possibly be disturbing her upper middle class existence right
0: okay so let's just talk mental health for one last time because there are probably some people dealing with this now uh, give us some solid advice about what you can do it, it, whether you're on your own or you're with other people and you feel like you know, I spoke to Rosie Moutena about this just now, and she right. said she can feel that she's getting a little anxious or that, yeah. that there may, may, may be the, the warnings of a panic attack.
1: Um, okay, so like uh, proper physiological things. So essentially, uh, you mustn't attach any emotion to these things. Um, uh These are physiological responses to chemical imbalance in your brain. It's not because you're weak or because you're afraid or anything like that. Take all of those things out of it and go, okay, my heart uh, rate is increasing. My temperature is rising, that kind of thing. Um, That is what a physical – and you're short of breath. That is what a panic attack is physiologically. And in order to stop that panic attack, you need to lower your blood pressure and you need to stop the – excess oxygen going into your body so you have a cold shower and you find a bag to breathe in and out of obviously make sure it's sanitized don't be an idiot um so you want to you want to limit the oxygen supply to your brain and you want to drop your um temperature so there's no way that you can escape a that's the best way to escape a panic attack. Stay away from caffeine if you can't handle it. Um, you know, try and drink some rooibos tea, drink a lot of water, and if you can, get a little bit of exercise. But then there's something major that people need to look at. That routine, the amount of sleep that you get is super fucking important, you know. Uh, you need to have like a little blueprint or something that you're accountable to every day, even if it's get up, open the door, stretch, breathe. Write that little list.
0: Yeah. Cool.
1: Just do that every day. So there was a great insight that my therapist had with me uh, last night. He's like, because I was like, oh, that's 21 days. I haven't written my book yet. So, <laughs> so we might not have the capacity to be running at 100% at the moment. Okay. So don't play into the guilt and the, the letdown and the disappointment of that. We might only be able to perform at 20% at the moment. Right. That's the capacity that you have. But if you're performing at 100% of that 20%, fucking fantastic. If your 100% is just make the bed, get up, make a cup of coffee, have a bath, whatever the case may be, then well done. That's all you need to do.
0: Yeah, I think that's such solid advice. Um, People put undue pressure on themselves. Everybody thinks they've got to come up with Newton's theory of gravity while they're on lockdown. It's not going to happen for all of us. And, And many of us are just pleased to be healthy to be yeah. alive. And, yeah. and you know, there's a huge amount to be grateful for as much as we can bitch and complain. And I don't know how you feel about this, but maybe this can be the parting shot is like, are you concerned that government, because I don't trust government, not anywhere in the world. Yes. And they take away your rights as easily as this. I mean, there we are suddenly freedom of movement, freedom of association, even freedom of speech to some degree. Um, all of that stuff's gone. You can't even buy the things you would want. If I want to buy a plank of wood, I mm. can't go and buy that. You know, mm. government have decided it's a non essential item. Your, they've taken away your work in many cases. Some people cannot go to work. They're not earning money at the moment. They can't feed their families. Government can do that in a blink. And to right. get those rights back is an uphill battle like nothing. It's almost going straight back to starting blocks.
1: Uh, what is the question here?
0: Well, I mean, how are you feeling about that? Do you think that this is all going to be worth it in the long run if we save? A thousand lives? Is it worth it if we save 10,000 lives? Is it worth it if we save one life?
1: You know, uh, this is the conversation that my friends and I have been having up and down. You know, uh, look, that curve may, may be flat now, it's going to be exponential at some point. I think what the government, in my opinion, I mean, and I could be wrong, uh, and I am an optimist to a certain extent, um, what they've been doing is buying time to find places to put beds and, and and things like that, right? You know, that they can treat people. But this thing is going to explode. Um, whether, yeah, freedom, freedom of movement, all of those rights have been infringed upon. I mean, that's what I said, like, on day one. I was like, this is a complete onslaught of our, our human rights.
0: And it's because, let's be honest, it's because, look, no government in the world is prepared for this. But if our government had just spent money in the right places and not stolen so much for the last 27 years, we Absolutely. might actually have hospitals that functioned, where ordinary people who don't have money could go for treatment and we wouldn't have to worry about this curve.
1: You know, Gareth, um, this is what I was saying. I was saying this last night to my friends. We, we had a little chat and I said – these departments have never been put to the test. No. There's no one that's ever had to be accountable to their things. RDP houses. Oh, you know, oh. sanitation, mm, uh, transport. Alexandra, which is down the road from me, is the oldest township in the country. He has only received water tanks for sanitation in the last three weeks,
0: right? Yeah, and Ndiwe Sisulu wants us to clap and praise her for it.
1: Yeah, like, for fuck's sakes. Um, They've never been put to the test. In some weird, macabre sense of satisfaction on my part, I'm really glad that these uh, departments are put to the test, that there is something made so that people can function. My gran said to me once, she said, you know, lovey, why she hates America. You know, lovey, they've never had a real war on their land.
0: Is this the That's Serbian why- grandmother?
1: Yeah, my Serbian grandmother. So she said, you know, they've never had a real war on their land, so they've never had their... their They've never been tested as a people. Uh And I I kind of feel like because of the, the slow burn of the atrocity of apartheid and it always being in the background of all our behavior, that there's a lot of people have felt like we've had a war. But we haven't had one big, major focal point of, oh, fuck, I need to operate. Yeah. You know? And I think that's what this is doing. I don't know. Time will tell whether we, whether we need whether we need um, our rights taken away from us. Now I don't know if I'm the right person to. I,
0: oh, but I thought you were a constitutional law expert. That's why I came to you. The whole reason for this call, for God's sake.
1: <laughs> yeah, to be quite honest, you know, I'm, I, I did karate. I'm quite comfortable with hey, everybody. D- didn't you? Do
0: you miss your dad and your grand's birthdays? because of yeah, this lockdown
1: like, I mean, what is you did your research eh? Hey? um a- yeah look I mean my dad missed a lot of my birthdays so <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> how many you reckon your grands got left
1: uh yeah you know
0: I mean you missed this one you selfish human being
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh I mean yeah I guess I mean that's what you're, you're referring to the, the, yeah. the rights for me to to join my family um I, I, do, I don't want to play into her own fears or anything. That old duck is a she's is strong. A, a strong, yeah, she's a strong old Betty. She's uh, she's gonna outlive all of us, man.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope you continue to put out some excellent content. It's gonna help pull some of us through this lockdown, and um, and you you you're doing a great job. It's nice to talk to you again and and talk about some serious things occasionally as well.
1: Nice one, Gareth. Take care of yourself and uh, keep doing the good shit that you do. It's really phenomenal. I appreciate your presence in our
0: society. Thank you very much. Nina Hasty.